0: listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Thursday show for you. We are going to talk about one of the hottest teams in baseball that I don't think I've brought up once since the baseball season started. We're going to talk about the American Century Championship this past weekend in golf. We're also going to talk, I have a clarification on the stat I gave you yesterday involving running backs. I do want to talk a little bit more about running backs because this topic is not going away anytime soon, and Northwestern Athletics. We're still in its early stages, but what I said a week ago when this whole story broke stands, this is going to get way uglier before it gets better, and we'll get to all that momentarily. Let's start off in baseball. I've talked about a lot of teams. We talked about how the Tampa Bay Rays started off just on fire By the way, they just got passed by the Orioles last night. Not saying Tampa Bay isn't a good team, but they just got swept by the Rangers and they dropped out of first place in the AL East. The Baltimore Orioles are leading the AL East right now. That is crazy. We've talked about how hot the Braves were, and right after I said that, they went out and lost four in a row. Do you know who the hottest team in baseball is? The San Francisco Giants. You probably didn't know this. The San Francisco Giants started the season 6-13. and Three weeks into the season, April 21st, they were 6-13. and <clears throat> They've gone 48-29 and since. And those 48 wins are the most wins by any team in baseball since the first three weeks of the season. Since April 21st, no team has more wins in baseball than the San Francisco Giants and i couldn't tell you how the hell they're doing it either. Really? Can't. They have the best closer in baseball, and i know this cuz he's my fantasy closer, and Camilo Duval, who just pumps in 102 mile an hour fastballs like it's nobody's business and then throws a 93 mile an hour slider. You ain't hitting him. I'm surprised he even has 3 losses this year because holy crap. Guy's awesome. He's got 30 saves. And so he's obviously a a big reason why they are what they are and why they're doing what they're doing. But you look at – I mean, you look at their regulars. Nobody on the team has more than 13 home runs. One guy has 13. Michael Conforto has 13 home runs. Then they've got four guys who have exactly 11 home runs. Wilmer Flores, J.D. Davis, Sable the catcher, Mike Yastrzemski. But – Casey Schmidt has come in and done really well defensively uh, at the shortstop position. He's basically made Brandon Crawford a utility player now and a part-time player, which Brandon Crawford is beloved in San Francisco. And Casey Schmidt has basically taken his position. But (laughs) this lineup does not scare you in the least bit at all. They don't have a player that plays regularly that's hitting over 280. Wilmer Flores, 291. Everyone else is under 277. It's like, how the hell are they 19 games over 500 since April 21st? Your guess is as good as mine. Good pitching, obviously. Logan Webb, one of the best starters in the National League. As I talked about, Camilo Doval, one of the best closers, if not the best closer in baseball this season. But, man, I didn't know that they had the most wins in baseball since week three. Six and 13, now they're 54 and 42. Pretty impressive. We talked on Tuesday about how on Sunday Steph Curry won the American Century Championship, which is a golf tournament held every year in July in Lake Tahoe for athletes, musicians, actors, and this is the first year that Steph Curry ever won. And I think this shows the power of Steph Curry, the Q rating, as people in the industry would say. If Steph Curry is part of your brand, your brand is doing well. The guy shows up plays golf three days in Lake Tahoe and the American century championship had the largest ratings they've had in 20 years. And don't tell me it's because people wanted to tune in to see if Marty fish won the tournament. This is all driven by Steph Curry and by social media, because when he hit that hole in one on the seventh hole, that thing was up on Instagram within minutes. And I think that got people interested, like, oh, shit, Steph's playing in this tournament. Look, he's doing well. Because I wouldn't have turned the tournament on, I don't think, if I didn't see that clip. Because that clip brought me to turning it on, and then by turning it on, I see that Steph was actually playing well. Because, you know, when you see a hole-in-one on a a clip, you have no idea how how well he's doing the tournament. He just had a great hole. But then I saw that he was winning, and I'm like, okay, well, this is interesting. I was tuned in. 1.4 million people watched it on Sunday. And it peaked at 2.2 million viewers from 5.45 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. He's only the fifth active athlete to win the event, but the first time since 2000. It has been a long time. Al Del Greco, Titans kicker back then, won it in 2000. It was the last active athlete to actually win it, but... That is all Steph Curry. 1.4 million people best ratings in 20 years. He's he is a ratings machine. And as long as he continues to play and play at a high level, it's why the Golden State Warriors will always get the max amount of nationally televised games, whether it's on TNT, whether it's on ESPN or ABC. If he's in it, people are watching. He's just a compelling compelling player and I think the reason why people like Steph Curry one comes across as a very good family man never hear about trouble off the court and I think the biggest thing is even though he's won four titles people look at him as an underdog and when I say underdog I more or less mean he looks like me and you no, I'm not saying I look like Steph Curry but you know what I'm saying. Like, he looks like an average guy out there. He's not, yeah, he's very, he's in great shape, obviously. He can run all day long. And, but what I'm saying is when you watch the NBA and you watch some of the dominant players, the LeBrons, the Giannises, the Jokic's, the Embiid's, they're either really big, 7 1 with skills, or they're just a mountain of muscle that you're just like, how do you get in the way of this freight train? Steph Curry is 6'4". I don't know what his weight is, but it's not like he's some imposing figure out there, yet he's the greatest shooter this league has ever seen, and it's not even close. What he does on a basketball court, we've never seen before. Not just because he can hit 30-foot three-pointers. No. It's the way he handles the ball. It's the way he makes big shots in big games. It's the way he's you know, won four titles and been a major part of those four titles, looking the way he does, just a very unassuming guy out there. And to see the way that he's carried himself, uh, he's going to set every shooting record imaginable when it comes to three-pointers. He already has the most. I don't know if anyone's ever going to pass him. And it doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. That title two years ago, he literally put the Warriors on his back. He is the sole reason they won that title. Draymond was a head case in that series against the Celtics. Clay still wasn't 100% back from his Achilles injury. Andrew Wiggins was probably the second-best player on the floor. But you look at that team that beat the Celtics. It's essentially the team that came back last year. They couldn't beat the Lakers. So, it just... You just got to give credit where credit is due. People like that deserve the accolades they get because to look like Steph Curry, to be the stature that he is, and to be the greatest shooter this league has ever seen, it's because he's put in the time. Probably nobody that works harder than that guy in the offseason. Yeah, you've seen him playing in the match with Clay against Mahomes and Kelsey in Vegas at the end of June, and then he's playing in another golf tournament last weekend. Trust me. This guy is putting in his time on the basketball court, on the practice court, and we're just not seeing it. He doesn't need to televise it. He doesn't need to put it on Instagram. He is who he is, and he's a made man, and you got to respect that. And one of the more fun players in the history of basketball to watch because when Steph Curry is on a heater, it's personally, this is just me. Personally, when Steph Curry's on a heater, it's the best thing I've ever seen in basketball. It's the most enjoyment I get out of watching basketball when he's on a heater so yesterday I told you this statistic in regards to running backs and the NFL and I said for the last 14 years the Super Bowl winning team the leading rusher on the Super Bowl winning team of the 14 the last 14 Super Bowl champions eight of them of the running backs that led the team in rushing made less than a million dollars three of them made in the million dollar range and three of them made in the two million dollar range So, for 14 years in a row, no running back that was on the Super Bowl winning team made more than $2.5 million. I need a clarification on this. I need to uh, correct myself. The statistic was who led them in rushing in the Super Bowl game. Now, if you go down this list, I think most of these guys were the leading rusher during the season. A couple jump out to me. I know that Percy Harvin was not the leading rusher for the Seahawks during the season when they won it in 2013. Percy Harvin, they had Marshawn Lynch back then. He was the leading rusher. But looking at some of the other ones, Cam Akers, Leonard Fournette, LeGarrette Blunt, Sonny Michel, Damian Williams, Ray Rice, Ahmad Bradshaw, I'm pretty sure those guys were the leading rushers, but the statistic was actually these guys were the leading rusher in the Super Bowl game that they that won them the title and that was their salaries. So just wanted to make a clarification on that in case you wanted to impress your friends with it. You might want to update them and go back to them today and say, oh, yeah, hey, remember that stat I told you yesterday? Yeah, Reality Steve screwed it up a little bit. But you know what? Maybe today I'll take the time to go over and see, of these 14, how many were actually the leading rushers during the season as well. Last year's I know, Isaiah Pacheco was the leading rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he led them in rushing the Super Bowl. So that's one i just have to i just have to go over it that's it that's all i have to do um and i will i will let you know and kind of go from there but yeah this is um it's such an interesting statistic and it just goes to show you know the running back position i mean all the talking heads are, are talking about it now and man <sighs> it's like i don't know where i stand right now with this i i, I think i do which is – and it sounds like such a cop-out and it sounds like such a shitty thing to say to the running backs. But the answer is almost like suck it up because this is just the way it is. If owners wanted to spend ten to $15 million on running backs, they would be. They know there are way more important positions. Quarterback, receiver, middle linebacker. Having an elite safety, great offensive line and defensive line. They are paying those guys out the wazoo at defensive linemen making, you know, 15, 20 million a season and signing long term deals with guaranteed money in the 40, 50, 60 million dollar range. All you can say to running backs right now is, guys, it's never going to happen. You're not going to get that money. And the thing is, they deserve it. They do. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing last year, had over two thousand yards from the line of scrimmage. If we're paying based on performance, they absolutely deserve ten to fifteen million a year. They're just not going to get it, and it's not because of any sort of collusion. It's just other other things are more important. Other positions are more important. O.J. Simpson of all people took to Twitter yesterday, and you know complained. It's embarrassing. Oh you know, look, he's a running back, so clearly he's a guy that's going to stick uh, with the position that he played. I get it. And I'm sure other running backs in the past are going to come forward and say this is ridiculous. These guys should be paid. But I'm sorry. If you were a running back in the 80s and 90s, while I understand you want to stick up for your guys now and the guys that play your position, it's not the same game. It just isn't. Facts bear it out. Statistics bear it out. There is no reason to pay a running back 10 to $15 million a season. None. And I don't know what you do. Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are contemplating sitting out the season. And basically by doing that, they're just going to play a game of chicken with their franchise. Be like, really? You don't want to pay me? Okay. Then I'm not going to play. Because right now the only thing they can sign is a tender deal that pays them $10 million for this season. So until they sign that, there's no reason for them to report to training camp. Because God forbid you report to training camp without signing a contract and you blow out your knee, then you're screwed. So these guys are never setting foot in training camp until they sign that tender deal, which is one year's $10, 10500000 And they can't sign a long-term deal now until the end of the season. So Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley very well could sit out this whole season. If the teams are that adamant, look, we're not paying you that type of money. Either you come in at a lower amount or – you know what? We'll call your bluff. Go sit out the whole season and not collect a paycheck. And we'll see. I I don't know. Do these guys have it in them to sit out a whole season? And if they do, are they going to get their money on the back end? Because I feel if they sit out the whole season, nobody's going to pay them that money next year. So where's it going to get you? With that said, I feel bad for them. Because as we went over the other day, running backs get the shit kicked out of them every game. They're the one position that probably gets tackled the most. Receivers can go out of bounds. Receivers can get touchdowns more. I just feel like the running back takes the biggest beating on the field, which is why probably there's probably some correlation to why their careers all start heading south after about year six. And they're just not as productive. They take too much of a pounding. But yet the Tennessee Titans gave the ball to Derrick Henry, what, three straight years, over 300 times a year? He got paid, and now he's saying, you know, these guys should get paid. And I get it. They want to stick up for their own. But it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. And finally, when this uh, story about Northwestern football broke and then the baseball coach uh, was fired as well, for verbally abusing players and whatnot. The big thing was the football team and whistleblowers from the football team saying there's a culture of hazing uh, and sexual assault being going on at the school. And I said, look, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I guarantee now that there's one whistleblower out there and 11 more that spoke to the president, I have a feeling more are going to come forward. And someone put their name behind it yesterday. Warren long running back on their team starting in 2013 said players were put into a culture where sexual violence and hazing were rampant. I mean, I have a feeling this is going to last for a while. I have a feeling they're going to uncover more and more and more dirty shit. More and more players are going to be willing to come forward and either talk about it off record or on record. There were some kids up there yesterday during the press conference putting their names behind it, saying, this is the culture here at Northwestern Football. And I think this this school is probably going to hit rock bottom at some point because so many players are going to transfer. So many players are going to want to be out of it. Even though the coach is gone, it's just it leaves a bad taste. It's a bad stigma now attached to this program. They've never been a dominant football program anyway to begin with. I mean, this could kill this program for a while. And with that said, I have a feeling that there's going to be a major, major settlement down the line northwestern is not going to want to fight this the president and all those people that are being sued right now they're not going to want to fight this you're not going to want to say no none of this happened or get over it kids it's just you know camaraderie no i have a feeling there's going to be a major multi-million dollar settlement and these kids are going to get uh money which they should because that's the only thing you can give them at this point that can maybe satisfy anything they're probably still scarred emotionally mentally, physically, but you give them – there's going to be a settlement. There has to be. There's just no way this is going to carry on and go to court and people are going to want to stand. And Because if Northwestern's higher-ups start fighting this, they're going to look like such assholes because they're going to basically try and say, I don't know, not a big deal. <laughs> it didn't happen. When you got all these players coming forward saying, yes, it did. It's just they can't win. The cat's already out of the bag. More and more players are going to start coming forward because they're going to see. And I think more and more players are going to start coming forward because they're going to see probably down the line are settlements happening. I can get some money out of this. I hope they do it for the right reasons. I really hope they do it because they were part of the program and were assaulted and hazed and treated poorly. I hope that they don't just glom on to get some money, you know. Maybe there will be a few in there that do, but let's just hope. And I just think Northwestern football is in a world of trouble. Thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow an Apple podcast. Also rate and review. Pass this along to your friends. Let them know about it. Having a good time here on the Sports Daily. Hope you've all enjoyed it. So, again, back tomorrow with yet another episode. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.